On this episode of Blending Bourbon, Dixon and I continue our conversation with Jonathan Crocker from Frank August. Blending Bourbon is the podcast that takes you beyond the barrel and behind the scenes of the whiskey industry with master blenders Dixon Dedman and David Mark Young. Well, no, I mean, I, 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 we've all had that conversation independently and, and just sat it, you know, collectively. And I, you know, I couldn't, I, I, I think it's, it's interesting because, um, if all the whiskey people really cared about was, was just the whiskey in the bottle, then, then you would see all the big brands quit right. spending money on. <laughs> it's like, yeah. You, uh, yeah, there's we've all sat in those like whiskey clubs, right? We presented where some form or fashion this this topic comes up. And then when you start to engage them and ask questions about, you know, what are some of their favorite whiskeys? And it's all the usual suspects, right? It's like all Buffalo Trace, BTAC collection, you know, collecting their blends and the or whatever it might be. And there's there's obviously nothing wrong with that. But own that, be honest with yourself, because that's a testament to effective marketing storytelling if I've ever saw one, you know? And I think it's it's uh it, it's just interesting to me to for that enthusiast aficionado community. I think it's okay for them to say, like, yeah, of course, like I, I love this whiskey, but if you're really passionate about what's just inside that bottle, for me, the only question, the only question you should ever ask is, is it good? Do I like it? And for I want to explore, you know, if I'm going to a new bar restaurant and they've got a great, you know, spirits menu, I'm always asking what's new. What do you have that you think is interesting? Because I can go, I can drink what I drink anytime I want. Um, so that's what I try to do personally, try to push myself as much as I can, as often as I can. I love that. Yeah. I, I think that's important. I think, um, product familiarity and call it, um, knowing what's out there, knowing, knowing the competition, you know, knowing what other consumers, um, gravitate toward and why, um, uh, but experiencing it as well. It's, it's very, very important. So I was in, um, Los Angeles, uh, not long ago and met, met Jonathan, invited me for breakfast and then never fed me breakfast but we had coffee um that's why dixon stays so thin i'm just trying to help you out (laughs) um but you know i i was thinking about talking to you guys and and uh part of our conversation which is um i i you know i think this is is probably a fascinating to hear both your uh takes on this for for kind of for, for our listenership. Um, but Jonathan, you made a comment when we were talking about, you know, the challenges, like th- this is a fun, fun business to be in. I mean, I say it all the time. Like I, you know, if, if I were Tommy boy out selling brake pads, I don't think I'd be as excited to be out there doing it. And you know, no, no, nothing against people that sell brake pads, but you know, being in the bourbon business, being in the booze business, um, you know, the, the activities, activations, meeting people, people are always excited to meet, the, you know, a bourbon guy. Um, you know, I, don't, I don't know what it's like if you're trying to sling, um, you know, coconut raspberry flavored uh, vodka. But most of the time, people are pretty excited about meeting, you know, the bourbon guy. And, and, and so it, it's a fun business. But as a startup... Uh, when you're launching your own brand, um, I know both of you are in similar situations and I've been there too, where you have, you know, some 
some investors or some partners that are in this, but you know, you guys both, you, you know, you're a, you're an operation of one for all intents and purposes. You're, you're the guy and you're the marketing guy and you're the, um, you know, sales guy. And you're the, I mean, you know, we've, we've had these conversations, both all of us, you know, and, and what that's like. And, and, um, you know, it, it can be, and is incredibly overwhelming at times, you know, and, and, and you Absolutely. Know, feel like a one-legged man in an ass kicking contest, uh, as we <laughs> say in Kentucky. Um, and, and my question is, uh, or what I, you know, how, how do both of you, either of you go about prioritizing, um, you know, what, what to tackle next? I mean, you know, I, I don't know about you. I, before I leave my office every day, you know, I rewrite my to-do list for, for the next day. And, you know, some people will tell you that, you know, you're supposed to, instead of uh, making a list, you need to block time and say this 30 minutes of this day, I'm going to accomplish this. And 30 minutes of this day, I'm going to accomplish this. And, and I've tried that and it never works out because shit always hits the fan and those 30 minutes are gone. So I, I, I'm, I'm a list guy. And, you know, I've also heard that, you know, the, the things on your list that you want to do the least are the things that you should do first. Um, you know, and, but, you know, when you, when you're doing, you know, this and you're running all aspects of, of, of your, of your operation your brand, like, how do you, how do you all go about saying, this is what I'm going to tackle first. This is what has to be put on the back burner. This is priority. This is, you know, how, how do you, how do you handle that? Because it's not just, you know, going in and, and, and being the accounting guy, because you're also the marketing guy and you're also the sales guy and you're also ordering dry goods and you're also moving product. And you're, you know, like, how do you, how do you, how do you deal with that? How do y'all deal with Well, so I'll, I'll give the, my easy answer. Um, it's, Shocker. it's prioritizing X. Ex- <laughs> well, cause I want to hear, hear the right answer from Jonathan <laughs> and, then, and then learn how it's supposed that. to be done. Uh, I, you know, it's just prioritize and execute, right? So, um, you've always got your, your top priorities, whatever's, whatever's going on. Usually at the top of that priority list is cash flow, And, and so, you know, activities that lead to cash flow, but it depends on what's going on. If you're introducing into a new market, then you know you kind of have to back up. So you've got your tactical and and then your strategic elements. You know, th- throughout the day, throughout the week, month, whatever. Um, but typically, it's it, you know whatever's calling, whatever's the most urgent at the top of that priority stack. And it's important to reevaluate that on a regular basis, sometimes a daily basis, because things will come up constantly: emails, text messages, calls. Um, running into people <laughs> and you know, it could be, it's always got to find its, its right place in that stack. So if it commands immediate attention, then so be it. Um, but typically it's, you know, it gets added to the list and evaluated. Uh, right now we're heading into the beginning of the year. So we're heading down to Kentucky and we're pl- planning this big campaign. And, um, and as you all know, it's, it starts with getting, you know, first of all, having product, but then getting product in the in the warehouse, and then into the retailers, and then you know, advertising to consumers, but paving the way for that. So it's, um, you know, it's a roadmap, a dynamic roadmap for me. 
Yeah, for me, I think the uh, the expression "ignorance is bliss" uh, never was more true until I decided to enter this crazy industry and knowing absolutely nothing about it, any aspect of it. You know, besides consuming it, um, there was nothing that I really knew from a business standpoint. <clears throat> and looking back now, if I did have all that knowledge of what was required, I don't know. Honestly, if I would have pursued it and moved forward with it, it's just absolutely overwhelming. Um, I've got two business partners that are great. Um, they primarily kind of help and support on the marketing side. But beyond that, everything else is you know under my purview. So sales, distribution, um, whiskey procurement, you know all the logistics of that, TTB, COLA requirements, state registration, state licensing, you know, go on down the list, every touch point and experience of the brand to make it what it is. So for me, it's, it's a constant feeling of like drinking from a fire hose. There's just so much that needs to happen that almost, uh, just indirectly naturally, I guess is better word to say, you know, based on whatever the immediate brands needs are, that's kind of what I'm focused on. But as we also know, you can't build a brand just focusing on the media. So I think, you know, trying to get through as much of what those immediate needs are as quickly as you can, even knowing that tomorrow there's going to be a whole new set of them, but at least give you some breathing room that you start to look down the road and make sure that you're planning and projecting, um, again, preaching to the choir, but as NDPs, you know, we're, we're only viable if we have whiskey, we can only have whiskey if we're looking at what the, what's available in the market and getting that. And depending on, where the market is, there's some real um, cost implications with that that make this an incredibly capital-intensive industry. Uh, so it, it forces you to look not even just a year down the road or two years down the road, but truly looking three, five plus years down the road. And as I'm sure you guys, you know, we were, I just got a contract today for a partner. We, we we can't disclose it just yet, but we're excited to share this news about who we're going to be contract distilling with and the commitment that we're making in terms of the number of barrels that we'll be producing with them each year. You know, we don't really touch our whiskey until it's about five years old um, for our, our small batch. So thinking about once they go online in January of next year, waiting another five years, we're, we're making an investment in a product that we can't touch until 2030 and it's a huge financial investment so you know it's it, it's nuts it really is yeah and then <laughs> that's i think that's i i, I know i've told I've, I've, i think i've told the story on here before um it was it was a great i, I just i love the story one time i was listening to a guy named dave shurik i don't know if y'all know dave but dave was at uh woodford for a long time brown foreman guy and now he does a lot of consulting and and uh just just a wealth of information but uh dave was talking about giving a tour one time and this guy just just basically reading him the riot act uh that that you know his you know he loved woodford reserve and he couldn't get woodford reserve and and he just wanted you know why why can't he get woodford reserve why is it there woodford reserve and dave looked at the guy and he said tell me about your business the guy said i'm ceo that's coming with me widgets dave says okay how many widgets uh, are you going to sell? You know, y'all selling this year. And the guy's like, "Oh, we're going to sell sell a million widgets." And he's like, "What's your, um, 
you know, what, what are, what's your forecast for next year? He's like, we're looking at a 10% increase. We're looking at 1.1 million widgets. And Dave said, okay, what about seven years from now? And the guy's like, oh, listen, I mean, you know, you never know what's going to happen with, with, the, with the market. You don't know about advances in technology. You don't know what's going to happen with, you know, with all the, there's so many things that could happen that could affect that. He's like, there's no way for us to even, even think about what might happen in seven years. Way too many factors yeah. to take into consideration. On, on, on. Dave said, in this business, what we make today is what we have to sell in seven years. And there mm-hmm. ain't, there's no way to speed it up. There's no way to change it. There's nothing you can do about it. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's mind boggling for a lot of people that yes, what you're laying down in not only what you're laying down in 2024 is what you have available to you in, in 2030, but you know, you got to lay out that cash and you got to forecast your growth every year uh, up to that point. And, you know, Frank August could blow open and you could find yourself with only half the liquid you need to meet your demand, mm-hmm. or it could be the right. exact opposite. And you don't know. And, yeah. and it is, it is, um, you know, it, 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 it'll keep you up at night. If, yeah. especially if you're the one, you know, having to, strike struck those chats <laughs> yeah 100%. that's that's a and that's a huge shift in you know, business model i i mean i can tell you we just we went through similar this past year and to go from you know being an ndp um to you know in, in varying flavor profiles from release to release uh, getting into something you know <laughs> large quantity um, large price tag, um, but not an immediate return. That's that's extremely risky and scary. I can definitely empathize with that. Yeah, I mean, well, it's just it's another one of those kind of crazy things about this um, this business, this industry. I mean, right now, right now, barrels on the market have never been cheaper. Yeah. Like, they have never been cheaper. You can right. get any i mean it, it's unbelievable and that's that's six eight months that that it's upside down there are twice as many sellers as there are buyers out there so you know conventional wisdom is like strike while the iron's hot you know buy, you know, st- store up as many of these acorns as you can but then it's like can i tie up that cash right now for something right. that you know I, I hope i'm gonna need and if i don't need it Am I going to be able to get rid of it? I mean, it's it's a whole different this 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 whole bulk market has completely changed in the last six eight months. Right. It's yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And it really is a delicate. Way. Oh, good. I was just going to say real quick. There's a little bit of a, a delay, but uh, I was just going to say real quick. Congratulations on that. It'll be exciting to see that unfold and you know be come out uh, publicly and. Um, so yeah, excited to see Thank you. Uh, that, that direction. Yeah. I was just going to say, it's just, you know, it's a, and again, this is not exclusive to the bourbon industry, but I feel like it's just, it's more magnified, amplified where, you know, balancing the more immediate needs, you know, the next year to two years versus long-term needs of the brand. Um, but they're just, it's such a huge delta between things at any given point in time to Dixon's point. You know, you can find some early successes of brands, get a lot of traction, 
you're kind of basing what your needs are based on those factors. But at the same time, if you roll that out and you project based on how things are going five, six, seven years, the amount of capital that you need to support that astronomical, you know, at times. So, yeah, yeah, it ebbs and flows quite often. Yeah, (laughs) it does. (laughs) Unless you're Dixon Deadman, you just wave your magic wand and your (laughs) eight foot chains and magic barrels I will not, just appear I will suddenly. Not, I will not dignify that comment <laughs> with a response. I have a question for you guys as, as, as NDPs, you know, I think we hear this idea of transparency important within the industry and the community than it's ever been. What does that mean for you guys? How do you interpret that and how do you address that as an NDPs? Go for it, Dixon. Well, you know, in my previous life, um, and when I launched that that brand, NDP was a dirty, dirty, dirty word. <laughs> you know, it was like, yeah. I mean, that was, you know, that was like the equivalent of being like, you're a hack, you're, you know, whatever. And, and fake. Um, you know, and my response to that, initially was it was the same thing. It's like, look, I'll give you all the information that I can give you. Uh, right. Most of the stuff that we were buying, especially then um, the, the people that were selling it through the brokers were, were, were doing, they were doing everything they could to wash the origin of the product off of, uh, you know, so obviously you knew the lot code, um, and more often than not, you could get a mash bill. Um, and uh, you know, you knew it was Kentucky straight or, or whatever, but, um, you know, it, it, we, we were having to sign NDAs just to get samples. And even there were times where we bought barrels, um, that the barrel heads had been spray painted black. So you couldn't see, you know, who, mm-hmm who made it. And then, you know, for me, it was like, well, look, I, I'm not, I don't have a source of, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I, you know, and, and everything I was making with Kentucky Owl, there were, you know, sometimes four five, six different distillates that were, that were in there. So people, what's your mash bill? Well, there's this mash bill in there. There's this mash bill in there. There's this mash bill in there. There's, you know, like I, I don't, you know, I don't, I can't, I can't really give you that, that information, you know, and, and I give you what I have and, and I'm happy to, um, in my, you know, with two XO, what is, what, what has made this a sitch, I mean, I, I pinch myself every day. I've said this a million times, you know, but, um, you know, we had the brand and we were about to have to go back to the market. We were going to have to take on investors, give up equity and, and go start source and stuff and try to build, you know, eventually long-term uh, contracts. And, 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 and I ended up, you know, when I partnered with Prestige and they had these two, um, you know, supply, I mean, we have, you know, I, I, I can, I can go as far as I want with this brand and, and never have to go to the market. We have, we have two um, hard and fast contracts that, that grow year over year. And, and, um, you know, unfortunately what comes with those things is, you know, is, is, they say, look, 
the as soon as you start talking about specifically where this comes from, you ain't getting any more. You know, and I tell people all the time, yeah. like I, I'd, I'd do anything in the world to tell you. I'm, I'm an open book. Uh, but if, if I lose what I've got here, yeah, I'm, I'm done. You know, and, and, yeah. and I think, you know, one of the things that, that I always say, and, and, and this is really important to me, is that, yes, do I have two people that are producing specific distillates just for our program? Absolutely. Does it stop there? Absolutely not. You know, we're leaning into double barreling the chain program. You know, I'm putting my spin, uh, my thumbprint on every drop of liquid that goes into 2XO. How, you know, so it's, you know, whether or not you know the name of the place or you don't, um, they make it, it comes to me and I control all maturation and additional oak exposure to develop it into what I want it to be. Um, and you know, I, uh, that's, that's just, you know, that's the only way I know how to handle it. I mean, you look at, at cars, you know, and, and nobody drives a car that's all made by, by one, you know, comes, comes down, you know, the, the parts are sourced from all over the world, yep. <clears throat> um, you know, and, and, uh, I, I, you know, that's, that's my take is, yeah, you know, I, I don't. I'm not making it in my backyard or, or, you know, in, 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 you know, in our <laughs> facility, it's being made for our program. It's different. The liquid is different than what goes into any other uh, brand that's out there. And we take further steps to make it our own. Um, yeah. And that's just, you know, that's just, that's just what it is. And it's, it's hard. I understand that people are saying, well, you're not transparent. Well, you know what? It's not that I'm not transparent. It's that I am honoring the wishes of my partners right that make what we're doing, you know, a reality. And, you know, it wasn't my decision. It was their decision. I got to honor that, you know, and that's what makes good. Absolutely. Parts. Yeah. I, I, I've embraced and highlight the blending aspect of it, you know, as an NDP, um, you know, I spend a lot of time talking about my processes, the, the acquisition of barrels, you know, the, the personal experience of going out to smaller distilleries and, buying small batches, sometimes single barrels and, and blending them together. And so we've, you know, that's kind of a distinguishing component for us, um, separates us a little bit. We're, we're unique, you know, and I, the batches we're pushing right now, they're a little bit, got some Kentucky, they've got some Indiana, which most folks, consumers are, are familiar with, but we've also got some Louisiana components in there. Um, and then our rye is even a more complex, uh, blend of, of batches from around the country. And, um, you know, we've been fortunate enough to build up a, a pretty unique inventory of barrels that um, consists of whiskey from a lot of states around the country. And so I'm excited to introduce those blends and highlight um, a lot of times when it's the smaller distilleries, we'll talk about those. But um, if it's a larger conglomerate, we, you know, we'll highlight the mash bill or, or it's origin state, but not so much the, because of what Dixon alluded to, you know, you start, you know, Hey, this is a blend of, you know, I talk about my process a lot and I liken what I do to a chef, you know, a chef says they're going to make beef, chicken, pork, um, uh, fish, and then they, you know, they start with that kind of baseline meal. What well, and it's you know a bourbon, a rye, a wheat, a uh, um, uh, single malt, 
And then from there, they incorporate their ingredients, their sauces, their spices, which that's my inventory. I'll start with, okay, we're going to make a bourbon. And we have this set of components or ingredients to work with. And that's what we do that differentiates us from some of the, you know, a lot of the product that's out there. So I'm, I'm trying to hone in on those savory components. I'm trying to round off those unsavory pieces and, um, you know, accentuate the, um, just get really creative, you know, take something good, make it better. I feel like Absolutely. I've heard that analogy before. I can I don't know where. I feel like have that, you? It sounds familiar. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think it was in one of our past podcasts. Ago that you know, the one thing you know, sometimes those questions are tough, um, and sometimes it's it's hard when you answer those questions to feel like you've you've really you know because you're you're kind of answering those questions to a certain extent with your hands tied behind your back. Right. Um, you know, it's a tough, it's, it's tough, but the thing I have to remind myself, I think, you know, that, that somebody told me is like, you know, it, if nobody was asking, then nobody would care. And the right. fact that they're asking and they're interested, um, you know, means that, that they want to know more. And, and that's what you want is you want people yeah. Yeah. To, to want right. to know more. And so I, you know, I, I think in a certain way, I, I try to remind myself that their interest in what we're doing is a, is a compliment it is a, it is a, it, you know, and, and, and is a positive. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, it's just, it's hard, you know, cause I think we all want to, we all want to be comfortable that we're putting all our cards on the table. You know, you don't want, I mean, I'm not, it's not like look over here, don't look over here, look over here, don't look over here. But um, I mean, to to get to get you know to get kind of a foothold in this, a lot of times you have to acquiesce to the wishes of of some people who are uh, who you're working with, and that's just that's just the nature of it. Damn. Million yeah, I think we we kind of. I uh, actually just typed your question into Chat GBT and read what it what it said. <laughs> I was going to say, I think Sorry, we, we kind it, of put a... You know chat, are you familiar with ChatGBT? What? I told you, I can like answer and delete an email. That's about as techy as I get. So you take your okay. spyware nerd stuff and, and go away. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Jonathan. Go ahead. Oh no, I was saying I think you know I asked the question, but you know we kind of put a bullseye on our back with that to a certain degree with our tagline and uh, the brand, if you will, America's Spirit. Be frank, and you know it's a, this double entendre of referring to Frank America's Spirit in liquid form, but then America's Spirit. Be frank. This idea of being open, honest, undisguised, sincere. So we we get a lot of those you know DMs or emails to the website of like, how can you claim to be this brand of trying to be frank, yet you're not disclosing all this information. And for the most part, it's, you know, everything that you just said, Dixon, it's not that we are choosing not to do this. This is the requirement that we had in order to work with the quality of partners that we're working with, that they're saying, Hey, this is just part of the arrangement. So, it, you know, nonetheless is challenging, but then it always kind of is like full circle because, because for me, it goes back to that question of, 
the the same people that are getting upset about that are the same people that are saying, I don't care about anything else. It's all about the whiskey. And to me, it's kind of like you're speaking out of both sides out of your mouth. Like, is the whiskey good? Do you enjoy it? Do you like what we're making? Because if you do, then it really shouldn't matter. I understand your desire to want to know more information. Completely get that. But it shouldn't get you to the point where now you're calling into question the integrity of the brand, the product, everything that we're doing. It should really just be about the quality of the whiskey. You know, to take the, even a step further, you know, understanding the category and the space we're in, um, you know, means that you understand that people are so insanely passionate about this industry and about, mm -hmm. you know, the brands and, and, and what's happening, you know, the, the people that refresh the TTB website every 15 minutes to be the first ones to know something that's mm -hmm. coming out or, you know, I mean, it's, it's just this very passionate place where people want, you know, and, and you, they want to be in the know, they want to be the first to know, they want it on their page or channel first. And you have to either, you can either hate that or you can absolutely love it, you know, and, and, you know, you, you can either, mm -hmm. you can either let the passion of, of the whiskey community drive you insane or you can embrace it. And, you know, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I lean into like it. It's yeah, it's, it's a much safer um, and, and much more enjoyable uh, if you, if you, if you take that approach to say, Hey, you know, these are passionate people and, and how do we, you know, how do we engage and, 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 and make, you know, make this, you know, a positive. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's, you know, everyone's palate is different. So uh, the variety of, of whiskeys that are out there from all over, all around the world, you know, there's so many options. And so why wouldn't people be picky? You know, this isn't McDonald's versus Burger King or Ford versus Chevy or Coke versus Pepsi. It's, um, you know, you've got a lot of choices out there and passionate people love what they love. So they're going to push and support what they love. And that's what everybody does. You have so many different skews that are, that are out there. And so it's, it's not just two different camps. It's, it's as many camps as there are whiskey skews out there. Um, and there's no single product that can check every box to satisfy every consumer it doesn't matter how, whether you're an NDP or a distiller or you disclose or you don't disclose, uh, there's always going to be some, you know, level of scrutiny, um, because of the passion of the, of the consumers. It's interesting as you're describing that, it made me realize that <laughs> there's probably more comp competition amongst the consumers than there is the producers. I don't know of any other industry that's like that. Well, Jonathan, thank you for, uh, for doing this, for coming on. I, um, I hope that we can do this again sooner rather than later. Absolutely. I think there's a lot more to, um, to dive into. I think this is, um, you know, it's kind of fun cause we're all kind of in, you know, fighting these fight, fighting, fighting Fight the, the good fight, fighting the good yeah. fight. And, uh, yeah. you know, I don't mean to say, you know, because it's not misery loves company, but it, it, a lot of times, you know, it's, it's, it's good to, uh, to, to spend some commiserate time with, uh, the people that are in, you know, in the foxhole together. Um, so, yeah. so, um, this is great. Thanks for, thanks thank for you for joining this. our therapy session. 
<laughs> uh, I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah. Anytime. Congratulations. Congratulations. To both of you as well. And we're excited to see what's ahead. Well, Thank thanks, you. everybody. Thanks for joining in. Uh, Jonathan Crocker, thanks for jo joining us and, and uh, sharing your, your backstory again. We look forward to having you. Everybody, don't forget to like, subscribe, share, comment. Until next time, cheers, everybody.